want to share with you our scripture for this morning. It comes from Matthew chapter 21, the first 11 verses. Matthew writes this. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to Zion, daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love the music of this time of year. Palm Sunday, the Easter season, I love the music, um, the, the hymns. In the service today, the anthem that the choir did touches my heart. Um, I am so thankful for that part of our worship. Obviously, it's not all of it, but I am thankful for that. Music's always been something that touched me as far back as I can remember. When I was in high school, I was in marching band. And we marched in every parade, specifically and purposely every Christmas parade in the Ashland Russell area. In a couple of those parades, we would be the band at the end of the parade who played the song that everybody was waiting for. Here comes Santa Claus. It meant here came Santa Claus right behind the band. It was time. We were the attention getters. And when people heard that, they would know someone special was coming. It was our job to prepare the way for the one everybody was waiting for, the one everybody was anticipating the arrival of. That was our job. In the scripture we read a few minutes ago, Matthew works hard to remind his readers that the parade he's describing was for Jesus, and that it was planned, prophesied well in advance. The cheering, the waving of palms, the casting of palm branches into the street was like a band playing music to announce the arrival of the special guest whose coming is anticipated. 
If you read through those verses in Matthew's gospel, you can tell Matthew almost bends over backwards to present Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophet that he quotes in Zechariah 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey. Matthew wants people to understand that this Jesus is the son of David, the king who will permanently restore the Davidic line as it was promised to David. This parade of palms was essentially the coronation of the king, the crowning of Jesus as king. But Matthew also wants us to know that when he says Jesus is king, he's not talking about kingship as it's usually understood. King Jesus restores the glory of God's people, but not with military victories. Jesus triumphs, but not with the might of the sword. Jesus rides into the city not on a war horse, but like the king in Zechariah chapter 9, triumphant and victorious, but humble and riding on a donkey. And we need to, we need to take note of the people at this, at this parade. They didn't just stand there and watch and wait and wonder how much longer it's going to be. Many had heard of the coming of the king. So, as the energy and enthusiasm and excitement begin to develop, they begin to plan for their own involvement. The scripture said a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. Before the king arrived to where they were, they purposely went to cut tree branches so they would be ready to welcome him when he arrived in their presence. The Bible doesn't actually say they were palm branches, but based on what was common in that area, based on archeological evidence, based on generations of church tradition, it's easy to believe that palm branches were at least a part of what they used. You see, in, in research about the history of Israel, we can find multiple places where on their money, on other artifacts from that same period in time, palm branches were a symbol of the nation of Israel. Palm branches were a statement of their sovereignty and their independence as a nation, as the people of God. Palm branches were an identifiable sign of that country and their hope in the coming of the king who would restore the nation to its greatness. So when we read that they cut branches, we need to understand it wasn't just that palm branches were convenient or just that that's the traditional story that works well the Sunday before Easter. Palm branches waving were an intentional statement of hope 
that the reign of the coming king was happening now, right then. And it was not just a political statement. It was the coming of the Messiah who was worthy of their worship and praise. And they wanted to be ready. There are some important lessons in this scripture, in this experience that we look at this morning that I want to share with you. Lesson one is simple. Real worship and celebration of the Messiah require intentional preparation. They didn't wait and mess around and do other things. They were getting ready for the arrival of the king and were prepared to worship and celebrate. That's still just as true today as it was then. That intentional preparation matters as we get ready for worship. We must prepare our own worship experiences, prepare for them. Not necessarily by cutting branches, maybe by cutting off the distractions of the world around us so we can focus on the coming of our Lord. Too many times we hope that the Spirit of the Lord will come during worship. In fact, every week we pray at the beginning of a worship service, Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. But then I wonder, do we do anything to get ready for His coming? Do we take time to intentionally prepare ourselves for worship? Do we come truly ready to celebrate Jesus? Or do we rush in here at the last minute looking for other people, some whom we haven't seen for like a year? <laughs> some of those people. We really want to have time to talk with them. We're thinking about all kinds of things, maybe everything but worship. And then we leave thinking, well, that was all right. I don't know if I got that much out of that today. Understand, church, if we want worship to be real and alive and powerful, we must prepare ourselves intentionally, prepare ourselves to worship. In 2004, I took several college students from the Moorhead Wesley Foundation on a mission trip to Venezuela. One of the things we did there was a Bible school type program for a couple hundred kids, none of whom spoke English. For several days, our group acted out Bible stories as a translator read them in Spanish. One of the stories we got to portray was this triumphal entry of Jesus that we celebrate on Palm Sunday. We had to prepare for the arrival of Jesus. And in this little tiny town we stayed in, there were two things that were plentiful. Palm trees and donkeys. Palm trees were what most was most growing in that area a little tiny town on what was sometimes a sandbar and sometimes a peninsula, depending on how high the tide was. Palm trees everywhere. And for whatever reason, there were a fair amount of donkeys that just seemed to roam around the streets of this little town. 
usually starting to make their braying noises about five o'clock every morning. Rude alarm clock, let me tell you. So we found some trees where we could cut off palm branches. Other big palm branches had fallen on the ground and we used those. I mean, these, are, these were big palm branches, the kind that took two hands to hold and to wave and it takes everything you have to do them back and forth like this. What I realized as I watched the students enact the story was that preparing for Jesus by waving and palm branches and casting them down into the street took some significant effort. It took a lot of strength and energy to prepare the way for worshiping the coming king. Another lesson I learned from that, from that experience, active participation is required for true celebration and worship. Worship is an activity, not an observation. We come to worship, not to watch. So we have to remember, worship is a verb. Yes, it can be a noun, but worship is a verb. We can't just plop down and become a blob in a pew and expect worship to happen. There's not any one specific perfect, perfect way to worship but we must be actively involved physically, emotionally, spiritually to really worship. Yeah, it's going to look different between me and the person next to me, between you and other, other family members or the people sitting behind you. But true worship means active participation, however it may look. Not just sitting and watching, not expecting to be entertained, but becoming actively involved in our own way, really focusing on worshiping palm branches or even little palm trees serve to remind us that worship involves active participation and being prepared to participate. I read a story about a little boy who was sick on Palm Sunday, so he stayed home with his mom. When his dad got home from church that day, he was holding a little palm branch, like some of the people had walking in this morning. And he says, Dad, what's, what's the palm branch for? What's that about? And his dad said what most of us would say. You see, when Jesus came into town, everyone waved palm branches to honor him. So we got palm branches today. The little boy replied, shoot, the one Sunday I missed church was the Sunday that Jesus shows up. <laughs> now, hopefully it isn't this that causes Jesus to show up. And hopefully it's more than just one Sunday a year. I think it can happen every time we prepare for his coming. Or stated another way, lesson three is this. When God's people anticipate and prepare for the arrival of Jesus, he will show up. 
in our prayer times, in our meetings, in every part of our lives, and uniquely in our worship. Even on days where, where the whole choir doesn't sing or we don't do my favorite song as a part of the service or the sermon's lousy, you'd rather be on your way to a restaurant or a ball game or something like that. Even on those mornings, if we prepare for the arrival of Jesus in our worship, nothing can stop our Lord from showing up. It doesn't depend on who you sit with or the choir director or the preacher or the specific scripture or whether there's a crowd that day or not. If we are prepared and anticipating the coming of Jesus into our worship and we're intentional about our worship, nothing can stop us from worship in the presence of our king. Let me go back to my Venezuela story for just a minute. We were enacting the Palm Sunday scripture. When the student portraying Jesus entered the church property riding on one of those donkeys that ran around town, all the little Venezuelan children cheered it must have been maybe a little like the original palm procession. They were caught up in the excitement of Jesus coming into their world. Next, as Jesus rode that donkey, he rode around to the front of the church building. My students from Moorhead visually and verbally demonstrated worship as Jesus entered. Well, the children jumped up and followed immediately as if they were drawn into the story and wanted to follow Jesus too. As I watched, lesson four came to my heart and mind. When Jesus is truly worshipped, truly lifted up as king, people are drawn to when people see Jesus having a real impact in our lives, when we worship with all of our lives, our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, people want to become a part of that. They're drawn into the presence of Christ and drawn to Christ as they see the people of God lift up the Lord. Here's my question. For me, for all of us, on Palm Sunday 2021, are we still willing to wave palms so that people will be drawn to Jesus? Not literally, figuratively, figuratively, spiritually waving palms to celebrate the coming of our Lord into our own lives. Waving symbolic palm branches in our lives to celebrate the arrival of the king. Casting down figurative palm branches to make way for the king to come into the world around us. Are we willing to worship the king in such a way as to draw others into the story? The Lord gives us the opportunity to wave palm branches in many ways in our lives. Are we still willing to wave them today? If we will prepare for his coming, he will show up and bless us.
If we truly celebrate his coming, people will be drawn to the Lord. If we truly worship, we and others around us will be drawn closer to Christ. The Christ who rode in glory all the way to the cross. It is at the cross where we are shown the kind of king Jesus really is. Are we still willing to wave palm branches today? Tomorrow, this week, always? Our King, Jesus, deserves the honor, the glory, the praise. So let them wave. Let's pray together. Lord, may our lives be palm branches waving in testimony to our Lord Jesus. May our lives be active, prepared indicators of our desire to truly worship you. May they be like palm branches cast before you to make the way for Jesus to enter our world, our lives. Lord, help us to wave those branches not only when we're in this room, in this building, in a specific worship service. Help us to wave those branches daily, hourly, in our living for you. We're grateful, Lord, to be considered subjects, servants, in the kingdom of our Lord. We thank you for that blessed privilege. Draw us closer to you every day as we wave branches in our lives for your honor and glory. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.